Welcome to the Permaculture Pimp Cast, episode 40 that is, where pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. Look, we're going to discuss permaculture, preparedness, and pra- practical living. How you doing, son? Good, how are you? I'm good. Your voice is still messed up. Still messed up. Sounds a little bit better than it did on Monday, though. Well, for the folks that are just tuning into this podcast, maybe it's your first one, well, you know, his old man choked him down. That's why his voice is all jacked <laughs> up right now. <laughs> no, it's really. better than Emily choking me down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gave you a black eye already. So, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, this episode brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! That's what I'm talking about. And you can tip a pimp on the fountain nap. No, hold on. But- Before all y'all think I'm a simp. Dad didn't choke me out. <laughs> it was a jujitsu tournament. I won. I just had to defend a choke. That's what's going on right now. Man, I like plan A better. I like the way it sounded the first time. We came on air, y'all. Here's my story. We came on air. He was talking some smack, and I choked him down right before he hit that play button. <laughs> anyway, right before Monday's episode. <laughs> you can tip a pimp on the fountain app, but these days I'd prefer silver. Um <laughs> Look, hey, I'm just keeping it real, y'all. It ain't looking so good for, um, you know, all things in the Bitcoin world. And like everything else, I'm sure that's contrived and controlled. But anyway, glad to be here today. Episode 40, son. Can you believe it? It seems like we just started this thing. Yeah, yeah. It seems weird, 40. We already uh, have 40 episodes. We have 40 hours of podcast. Well, that's really something else. We I mean, a work week of podcast. Yeah. How about that? You know, I mean... Truth is, we could do this thing every single day if we wanted. Maybe through the winter, We I know a lot of people are asking, hey, could you do it more often? Look, y'all, a lot of folks only put out a podcast once a week, but we do it twice. But we might just go ahead and kick it up a little bit. We, You know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday might not be a bad idea. Yeah, this winter. I mean, especially with it getting dark at, like, what, 5? Yeah. 5.30? Yeah, but we're still working, man. I mean, like, right now. Yeah, I know, but, like, a lot of the work that has to be done outside can't be done you know, after it gets dark or something like that. So that might open us up for more podcasts. Well, that's also one of the things we do too, folks. I mean, all the stuff you can do during the day, except I made a mistake today. Like I answer questions on YouTube, answer emails and all that stuff. I got to quit doing it in midday, but I usually try to do it when I'm a little more lucid. Yeah. Just a <laughs> tad bit more. I mean, because honestly there's times where your mom's like, will you turn that stupid thing off? Because I'm laying in bed still answering questions because I can't stand. If somebody asks me a question, I feel compelled to answer. So I'm doing the best I can, y'all. But we do get a lot of uh, inquiries, whether through um, emails, YouTube, uh, Patreon, of course. And, um, you know, that takes a little bit of time to get through. So, And also, at the same time, you got to run the businesses, farm, do all this other stuff. And I love every single bit of it. That's what I'm talking about. That's why if you do, and this is, I know it's cliche, but if you do what you love, you're never working. I mean, I work longer. I was just telling you the other day, I work longer and harder without breaks than I ever did working for anybody else. Who? No, that was Kendra. You were telling Kendra that, I think. Oh. Because I think it was Kendra. I was I telling was Kendra her. you're talking to. Like there's some of these jobs in the past, and especially right now, where I'm making what most people would consider to be a lot of money. 
per hour. And as soon as I get there, I'm like, man, can we just get the break already? And I'm out there doing my job and everything. And then when we get to break. I'm like, okay, lunch. And then, and then the last, your last part of the day, you know, your afternoon break, or maybe if you're working a 12 hour day or longer, you know, maybe another couple of breaks thrown up in there, but you're, I mean, if you're not doing what you love, I mean, you're always going to be that way, but I work twice as hard for less, far less money. And I love every single bit of it, man. Well, first, first couple of years was for free. Well, it still is largely. I mean, if you look at well, what you right. make on YouTube. YouTube, I mean, we the first couple of years we did YouTube, we didn't make a dime. No, no. And there's still whatever money we make right now. I mean, we, we give away a lot of money too. So, And we don't really talk about where and who, but we do. Philanthropy is a big part of our lives. And, and as, if you have the means, y'all, I do encourage you to try to look, do what you can because there's a whole lot of people suffering out there. And here's one way you can do it. Tip of the day. Ask. It can even be done on social media if anyone has a valuable skill they want to pass on. And I'm not talking about, you know, I I thought about that today. And I was, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to Joel Salatin just one-on-one with him. And, man, I mean, he does not disappoint the genuine article. And he is so filled with wisdom. I mean, you can't be that traveled as a person. You can't have that kind of experience. You can't be that sequestered from television and not be wise. And I got so much wisdom from him and I can't wait to be around him again. I mean, I I don't know that I'm ever going to have the opportunity like I did before to have so much one-on-one time with him, but the wisdom he dispensed is invaluable. And he's actually what made me think of that. You know, I was thinking there's so many people out there that are thinking, I mean, for example, how many people hit me up about butchery? I can't even count. How many people asking me to go to their places? And folks, I wish I could, I wish I had a two or three more of me where I could go to where you are and teach a class because my real desire and my, my love is to evangelize this design science and also my faith. You know, I make no, I make no apologies about the fact that I'm a blood bought soldier of Christ. And if I could evangelize those things, of course, Jesus first, and then the other stuff second, if I can go places and do that and they can see my hard work, you know, like the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Well, I go to these festivals and I do whatever. They don't ever see a person as lazy. They don't ever see it. In fact, I'm just don't, I, I'm not, it's not in my nature. Um, you know, when somebody starts tripping, then maybe that's when the good side <laughs> kind of, you know, if you get up and start cussing and carrying around, my natural impulse is to get, is to fire back. And I got to get better at that turning the other cheek. But honestly, being around Joel, back on point, of course, you know, I'd learned it from him, really, the value of apprenticeship. And even though I'd already been through two apprenticeships, I mean, there's some people that are thinking, okay, how do I get this knowledge, man? Just, okay, if you have a, okay, if you're on freesteading.com, I challenge you. You could tell him I told you to do it. Yeah. Ask, We're going to see a whole bunch of messages on there. Yeah. I mean, tell them I said to do it. You know, ask if there is some valuable skill they have that they don't want to see die. And part of that is what we're going to get into today and some of the skills I picked up just last week. Yeah, I was just thinking of hitting up Justin. Well, that's... But Justin would be an awesome. Speaking of skills that you don't want to let die, this is paramount to the community. Right. <laughs> and nobody else knows it. Right. Nobody else knows it. But we're hoping in the future with some changes that we can do some classes where people can actually get some of this stuff figured out because he's not wanting to, he's not wanting to take this knowledge. A lot of it, he had to reinvent. Right. 
I mean, a lot of this stuff out. has been gone. I mean, it's lost. And these old timers have died and didn't exactly pass it on. So what he has is, is it, I mean, like I talk about all the time that butchery and all these other things are a dying art. Well, how many people out there can take a stone and make that thing grind wheat? Well, he had to go and ask too. Like it wasn't just information that he had readily available to him. He had to go out and search it. He had to go to Janser. He had right. to find out what he could from Janser, which was not an easy trek back in the day all the way out to Cherokee. Um, I mean, Ju- Justin had to figure out a lot of this stuff himself. I mean, he had to figure it out himself. And a lot of that had to do with him going up and asking. Justin's first transportation literally was a horse and, and buggy. I think he said something about picking up his prom date on a horse yeah, and buggy. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah we know we know his prom date sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that that is legit. But all these, I mean, okay, just how to operate a horse and buggy. You know, that's gone too. And the way things are going, that may be the most cost-effective means of transportation. I mean, yeah. for crying out loud, diesel over around here is two bucks higher than unleaded. Yeah. So, I mean... I'm serious, folks. A lot of you guys out there hitting me up about where do I go to get this? Can I come and visit? Um, we're not ready for any of that right now. We can we, The best we can do right now is either festivals or YouTube, but we are making plans in the future. We got to change. We need some infrastructure around here. We got to put up another barn. Uh, we had to change our minds and our plans about a few things to be in a position to where I can't have everybody stuffed up in my garage. I mean, we're going to need a shop or something a barn that can double as a, a, a teaching space where maybe Justin comes down, and does some classes on, you know, okay, we're going to go out here today. We're going to grab all this sorghum. We're going to press it. And, you know, we're going to put it in this pot. We're going to boil it. And here's the things you want to look for. And I'm going to talk about that later in the main topic, but really y'all, all the people that are hitting me up. And I know there's a lot of you out there thinking, man, you know, especially after this election, Man, I, they, they really feel more nervous about the status quo. It, they feel like it hasn't gotten any better. Although I think I could make a pretty convincing case that I'm not sure it was going to change either way. Part of me, and I know I'm going to get some heat on this one, <clears throat> part of me is relieved that the election did not go the way everybody was hoping it would. I think there's so a plan that way, on that. Well, the part of me that's relieved is because that means a whole bunch of people didn't just go back into the matrix. Wow. That's a good point. I also have a theory on that too. And we'll talk about it here in a little bit when we talk in, in the other second uh, segment, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you make a good point there. And I, I think I want to piggyback on that a little bit later, but honestly, y'all, we have got, we can do the best we can through YouTube. My friend, Eric Sider, man, he just, Eric put out a video the, uh, yesterday, folks, you got to check it out. Can we link that below? Yeah, we can. Yeah. His latest video where I didn't even know this resource existed. And this is just part of the beauty of Eric. I mean, he's got so many facets, so many things. You just stand in a room with him and you just get smarter. And that latest thing he came out, that latest video from the back of your computer can figure out everything you need to know about what works in your area. And he offers some fantastic resources. I put it up on uh, freesteading.com today and I linked it on YouTube as well on the community page. So if you want to check that out, folks, believe me, this is one video you're going, if you have any, if you have any desire to plant and know what you can plant in your area, I mean, you have got to check this out. It is fantastic. All right, moving into the farm news. Well, your mom's back was killing her. She, she has chronic back problems anyway. And man, I'm telling you that woman's hard as woodpecker lips. I say it all the time, but I mean it. 
I mean, she was out there this morning. We were all real busy. You were gathering up wood. She was down there planting all them strawberry starts. Yeah, she was transplanting strawberries all the way to the other side of the orchard, or the other, I guess, technically, orchard. Yeah, yeah. so we had all those strawberry starts we brought over there. Um, we got so many of them. I, I cannot get over. We literally just put them strawberries in, like, what, this time last year? Yeah, and I keep remembering back to that time where Mom was concerned about me harvesting comfrey over there. Yeah. Because she thought we weren't going to have any strawberries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, we quit counting this 65 gallons, and, folks, and that was a very narrow place. So try to make all that stuff invasive if you can. I mean, the good stuff invasive. In fact, even the stuff they call bad is still pretty good when you really do the, when you do the legwork on it. So yeah, she was over there doing all that. You were over there busting your hump, getting yeah, all that I was wood, collecting wood. There's a bunch of dead trees that are standing and falling in the woods. So we've been kind of going through cutting those up, cutting them down, stuff like that, and piling it over to the barn so it can be sorted. Now we're kind of sorting it, bringing the good stuff up to the house, bringing the bad stuff over to the burn area, all that type of stuff. But we should be good for winter now. Well, no, son, I think we need to get porch. more. I mean, well, I don't I don't know that we have enough. I think we need to put more back. And the reason why is they're talking about one really nasty, nasty, nasty kind of winter. Well, and yeah. um, there ain't no telling, man, with some of the power issues that could be happening with all the, I mean, the cost of energy is not going to go down. So I, I think we need to, we probably ought to put back a couple of years worth of wood, whether it's oh, I mean, for this, this winter on the porch. I think we should be good. No, I, so. I, no, I remember how much we went through last year. We're going to need to stack up quite a bit more, probably at least what we have on there so far. Okay. So it's going to start getting cold. But the cool thing is, is that we heat, we have electric heat, but we can heat this whole place with uh, wood heat. So that's pretty handy. Where, you know, in some of the nooks and crannies around here, and your mom is famous for that, boy, she'll have one of them little space heaters. Oh, yeah. I'm like, woman, how hot do you need it up in here? They're in the cold corner in this house. Yeah, Three man. Three women. Oh yeah. man, yeah, and they're always cold. I'm a, you're sweating in the winter, man. You got that right. Y'all gonna be burning up this winter. Plus, it all goes uphill. So good luck yeah. on that score. Yeah, <laughs> um, tarp for the pigs, man. We we basically left them in open air up until now, and we got some rain coming through, probably from that hurricane. So we went out there and we took a tarp. You didn't? Well, it was a big tarp, and that's really all we do for you know protecting our pigs. We don't worry about making it real cozy. Believe me, they are builders. They will make a nest, and they'll be stacked up on one another. I guarantee they ain't. I mean, in the freezing, it's freezing cold. They ain't never cold. Also, the only pigs that we've left out over, like, harsh, harsh winter those guinea was hogs. those guinea hogs, yeah. And I think they could have handled it either way. Oh, yeah. But they will build a nest if you leave them there long enough. But that's the problem. If nothing else, we just make sure. Look, we don't need to create any unnecessary sickness, so... You could do a Cody Holmes and just leave them out there and they'll make their own little thing, especially the bigger sound you have. But it's always helpful to them. If you can just keep that rain off of them, it's just like you. I mean, you know, if you got a way to get in out of the rain, so it's just sticking up a tarp yep. and they'll stack up on one another. Trust me, they are snug as a bug in a rug. So that's something else we got done. Got the wood done. Your mom got the strawberries squared away. Got some on the first thing, smoking to my buddy down south. Um and, and then on top of it all, I mean, despite, I'm giving a short list, behind the house, we have basically a terrace. And um, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so your mom went through, tore up that weed eater, which, by the way, you're going to need to fix. She tore it up. Man, there ain't no telling, dude. She knocked the head clean off that thing and said she stuck it back what? on. So, I yeah. 
How that happened, I do not know. But part of the problem. Yeah, I know how. She she fixes the weed eater by beating it on the ground. Folks, that's I, how. You got no idea what I've seen her do. And I'm like, man, these are some pretty expensive Echo weed eaters. So, no, she'll get on there. You just, when she breaks something, just leave it where it is. Don't even try to fix it because there ain't no telling what's about to happen. But anyway, no, here's the problem. And it's my fault partially is I should have harvested, I should have chopped and dropped that buckwheat and cowpea that I had over there long before now. Well, what happened was I let it go up the trees and everything. Frankly, it just got away from me. And folks, that happens. That happens. So I let it get away from me. And so now I climbed all the trees and I was kind of wondering like, hey, cool, man. I've kind of made a vine layer up in here. You know, I'm seeing well, this on work. the black locust. It'll release nitrogen. Well, it's it's really cool what it's doing. And I leave, even let it go up a couple of uh, apple and a pear, even though these trees are entirely too young for all that. I just wanted to see if it could work. And it did. And I even did a video about it on Patreon a while back. Well, I should have cut this stuff down when it was green. I didn't. And it went brown. So now the problem we have is that stuff became like, instead of being a green where it would be easy to chop, yeah. stuff became brown, which became more like a vine. And uh, so, yeah. So it's getting caught up in the head and all that. Yeah, man. She, she got out there. She was losing her mind and. Of course, you made a big stink about that and tore up the weed eater in the process. So how about that? Yeah. So, um, all right, we'll move on into the uh, like mom just threw a fit and started throwing stuff, man. She all I know. Speaking of weed eater, what's up on that other one you brought in? We have it. We got it back. Yeah. The one that was supposed to get fixed. Yeah. When did that happen? He said there was nothing wrong with it. Did you tell him the cap was messed up? Yeah. He said it wasn't threaded wrong or the threads weren't messed up. I'll go look at that thing. I guarantee them threads were messed up. Anyway, did he charge you? No. Okay, well, folks, I guess we did all that on, you know, right here on the podcast, <laughs> the pimp cast. Anyway, um, okay, in other news. Huh, well, I try to stick to farming news or something that affects you, but honestly, this does. And frankly, everybody's talking about it. There's a number of things we're going to talk about. Well, um, the election. Okay, so I'm just going to start it off this way. And I got a conspiracy theory. I hate that term. Why can't Americans say conspiracy without saying theory? Well, this one is a theory, isn't it? Yeah, well, technically. It actually is a theory. Yeah, but the problem is, is that the CIA created that term to marginalize anybody that's asking critical questions. That's a fact, y'all. That's what they did after the Kennedy assassination. That's when they came up with conspiracy theory. Now, everybody, when they hear something, they disagree with it. They call it a conspiracy theory. But this one is a conspiracy theory. It is, in fact. That, but anyway, so you're telling me 73% of this country in exit polling said that they were very dissatisfied with the status quo in this country and they voted for it. Come on now, man. I mean, typical in a, in a midterm election right off the top of my head, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of about usually 26 house seats change and four Senate seats change in regular time. Here we are, man. We got inflation through the roof, job joblessness, a freaking um, overblown pandemic. Yeah, I'll say it. And all these other things going on in the world. And you're telling me people voted for the status quo. This is the biggest screw job. Okay, so you barely, you might have got nine seats in the house, maybe when they it should have been every bit of fifty. And, you know, the Senate might be 50-50. And you're going to tell me Carrie Lake 
got beat by a woman that literally was campaigning. And then Dr. Oz, yeah. <laughs> come on. Man. I mean, I'm, I can look. What kind I'm of depression not let, do you go through after getting beat after, by a stroke victim? I'm, well, not just, not just a stroke victim. I mean, this guy, I mean, in that debate, it was painful to watch. Yeah. You're not going to tell me. And all the shenanigans happened. Look, y'all, I'm not left. Or, I'm not. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. For the ones that are just getting in here and listening to this and thinking, "Oh, I'm a partisan," no, you got me messed up because I guarantee you, I'm as about as libertarian as you're going to find. And um, both sides are hoes. There you go. There you go. Permaculture pimp daddy and both sides are hoes. You're looking at. I mean, all it is is two different wings of the same corrupt bird. In fact, go check out Bill Clinton's mentor. Wish I could remember that guy's name right now. Look at the work of Anthony Sutton. I mean, all of it is right there. They give you is this parlor game like a choice between Coke and Pepsi, and they're all owned by this by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, <laughs> and so they don't really care what you pick. But honestly, if you don't have the fidelity of your elections, you live in a banana republic. Yeah, I mean, back to your yeah, theory. Yeah. Here's what I think. And I'm going to throw this down just like this. And I'm going to say it first right here on this pimp cast. Here's what I think happened. I think they knowingly, I think they stole it. No two ways about that in my mind. But I think the powers that shouldn't be on, let's say, the Republican side, know full well that this whole house of cards financially is about to come down. I think they know that. And I think they knew that. And I think they're not wanting to be in any levers of power for when it does fall down. And then they can blame it on the people in charge. I, I wonder if that's what is going on. That I've suspected that even beforehand. I didn't want to speak it out loud. That doesn't make them any better than the people in charge right now. Though. I agree. I agree. But you're dealing with you're dealing with the most. I mean, like Gerald Salanti often says, you know, the people in politics is basically Hollywood for ugly people, is how he puts it. <laughs> and I agree with him. But at the same time, like he said, these are the suck ups and bow downs that ran for student council in your high school that you always wanted to punch. Yep. And here they are actually in levers of power. These are the worst sorts of people. I mean, there was one of my favorite quotes and I, I'm going to loosely, I might even get it right from J.R.R. Tolkien. He said, the most improper job of any man is bossing other men. Not one in a million is fit for it. And least of all the, those that seek the opportunity. I'm, I'm spitting this out at the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it went something like that. And I think he's right on the money. The ones that go here and they seek all this power, those are typically the last people you ever want to see. You wouldn't trust them. You wouldn't trust them with anything. Certainly yeah. not to run this country. And that's the kind of polecats we have in there. If I mean, you spend any time around them, you probably want to put hands on them at some point. Well, in my that's who's controlling the country. You know, I've actually spent some time around some of these uh, polecat politicians. When we were back in Kansas and I was doing talk radio, I was in the, I was actually on the biggest talk station in Kansas City at the time. And it still is, I think. But I had the opportunity to be around a lot of these people, Republicans and Democrats, mostly Republicans. And I'm going to tell you, most of these people are just, you, you get, uh, honestly, you feel filthy just being in the room with them. I remember when Kathleen Sebelius was the gut. Well, I'm not even going to go in all that. Look, I spent a lot of time around these people in newsrooms, whether it's visual news or audio news. I've been around them. And honestly, these are some of the dumbest human beings you've ever seen in your life. I've been around a lot of these politicians. Same exact thing. 
Like, you know, what did that one guy say in that movie? When I'm not hugging their babies, I'm stealing their lollipops. <laughs> That's literally what's going on. But I really think, I mean, I suspected, and I've long suspected, I, did, I just didn't want to say it out loud, that the Republicans weren't going to try and legitimately go for the levers of power or raise a big stink because they know this house of cards has fallen down. And I mean financially. And look at the FTX, FTX exchange, what came down from them today. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell... This whole Bitcoin thing looks like it's going the way of the dodo. I mean, is it a parlor game? Possibly. But some people are out there saying this is the next Lehman Brothers. Well, that's a big deal. And it wouldn't shock me if there's some bailout there, some hidden bailout that we don't know about. And they're even talking about, and nobody's talking about it. A guy that was on with Mike Adams spoke a little bit about it, that this FTX exchange was supposedly got busted through the... uh, uh, Federal Trade Commission of doing business with Iran of all people. <laughs> now, <laughs> what is going on here? And if that thing drops and it looks like it is, well, it, it's going to be a mess. I mean, gold and silver are going up. I mean, Bitcoin's going down. All I know, I'm not going to tell anybody how to invest. All I know is I don't have anything in the market. I don't have, there is nothing of value that I can't touch. I mean, I don't have anything that I think is valuable that I personally don't have possession of it or can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> and Which I, makes sense. <laughs> and, and, you know, I go back to my, my, um, you know, I go to the Bible for my guidance on this stuff and I look at Joseph. Okay. He saw it. I look at the sons of Issachar who saw the signs of the times and made preparations for him. And going back to Joseph, you know, he didn't put back gold. He didn't put back any of that stuff, but you know, that part of the whole Joseph story that everybody forgets, you know, first, you know, Joseph had basically, he saw what was coming. So, you know, he did a little insider trading and got himself all, you know, got some of that grain put back. Well, here, before you know it, people are giving up all their gold and silver. I'm sure to get some of that grain. Then they were giving up their cattle. Then they were giving up themselves wanting to be slaves just to live. Well, taking that same example, I'm like, okay, are there tangible assets that make sense to me? Pinball preparedness made a pretty good point, I think, today where he was saying, look, if you know inflation's going through the roof and you have disposable money, maybe it's better spent. Maybe, just maybe, it's better spent getting things that you know are going to go way up. They're telling you that officially the numbers are 8% on the inflation. No way. No way, no how. That inflation is at least 20%, but almost certainly 30 in my view. And then if you add in the shrinkflation that's going on with it, Yo, yeah. go buy a bag of chips. And I remember I, I shouldn't have been eating it in the first place, but I got me a bag of them handicap hot fries, which is irritating. When I was a kid, they were actually hot. Well, anyway, there must've been about a, I think maybe a quarter bag. I was telling your uncle Dion, there might've been a quarter bag of product up in there. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, Dan. Oh, well. Handicaps hot fries. Mm-mm-mm. Young buck. Breath smelling <laughs> like Similac baby formula. You ain't never heard of handicap. No. Anyway, man, these are hot fries, you're man. They're smelling to- like Depends over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're going back to that got to be Dr. Oz, man, or the president. <laughs> you know, that's what these guys are wearing. But no, the, the real truth of it is, is that if you add in the real inflation, the shrinkflation in there, what do you really got? I mean, based that product, you're telling me, okay, this product went up uh, 8%. Nah, you ain't even counting food and fuel in your, in your, yeah. um, in your inflation figures. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, what planet am I living on? So folks, what I'm trying to get back 
and the reason I picked this topic today is I know a lot of people, I know a lot of you out there right now are on pins and needles. You're thinking, look, we're looking, you like that saying goes, we're looking for political solutions to spiritual problems. We are a decadent nation. And in fact, as a historian, I can't look back and find, I cannot find a single nation in the history of humanity that was more decadent than what we are now. I really can't find it. I mean, our homeless people have Netflix subscriptions for crying out loud. They're wearing new shoes standing on the corner. You know, we got, we got money left over to go buy recreational drugs and alcohol and, you know, marijuana or whatever the case, whatever, pick your poison. You know, when there's a lot of people in certain parts of this world that are going, literally going through dumps in Calcutta looking for their next meal. Yep. Or going through dumps looking for something valuable that they can sell for the next meal. Right. Right. But most of us have never, we, we live in the United States of amnesia. We have no idea what's going on around us. But that's why I'm telling you, you have got, first of all, we're, we're, I'll talk more about that, but you have got to learn some new skills. It's one thing to sit here and watch us do it on YouTube. Now go do it. it. I can't tell you the joy I get when I read those comments where people email me and you tell me that you're doing your version of whatever it is we did. I mean, you don't have to do it exactly like me. You're probably going to have better success if you do, if you at least start with a recipe and then make your deviations as you go along, make your changes after you try it and say, okay, well, maybe this works better for me. Um, another little thing I got from Joel Salatin, you know, how many people build his, um, his, um, his chicken chickshaw or no, not no, chickshaw, his, uh, a chicken tractor, his chicken tractor. He gives them exact diagrams of how to build it where it's not too heavy that you can't move it and not too light that it blows away in a heavy storm. Right. And they did all the R and D on it. And he said nine times out of 10, he'll get out there and they got this giant monstrosity that just blows right away. We did. Yeah, we did yeah. the same. And I told him that too. I was like, yeah, I was one of those knotheads until my brother, who is a journeyman carpenter, um, came out there, knocked off some weight on Joel's design, made it lighter and made it way more efficient. But the issue with that, with it being lighter, is that it can blow away. We had to stake it to the ground. Not not the one that Chuck, no, not the one he built. The one he built actually stayed put. It, it was just heavy enough to keep it there, but it was still light. And we were working in some really weird terrain at that time, and it was in Texas. But the point being is that um, you gotta you you gotta you gotta wake up and see what's going on. Like I always say, wake up and smell the corruption, or fall asleep drinking the hemlock. Why can't I breathe? And I'm afraid they won't stop Till all the poets have failed Till all the good men are jailed For nothing at all What a jam. That's William Elliot Whitmore. Um... Who stole the soul? Yeah, who stole the soul? Who stole the soul? Yeah, where the good men are jailed for nothing at all. I sound like I should be singing the blues. Boy, I'm telling you what, man, that'll just, man, that'll break you down. I listen to him, boy, but I'll tell you what, speaking of breaking me down, man, I was listening to uh, Homesteading Pastor's uh, son. Man, that kid can sing. Yeah. Man, I'm telling you what, he will bring you to tears, man. We better not put him around your grandma. Well, she'll be, 
Man, she'll be just. <laughs> Grandma will cry thinking about a Hallmark movie. I'm telling you what, man. She'll sit there. I remember Little House in the Prairie. It's funny, man. Why can't the world be like Little House in the Prairie where I always wondered how they did it in the last three minutes of every episode, all the problems came to it. <laughs> You know, they worked it all out. I'm like, man, there ain't enough time in the show to get this figured out. They always, they always did. All right, y'all. The topic. I, think I heard a comedy skit talking about the, like the guy was listing. He's like listing every single problem that they'll solve in the last like 30 seconds of a yeah, little man. house on the prairie. Charles Ingalls should have been in Congress. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Get real skills now. That's exactly the title of this podcast. Pimp cast. I'm sorry. I keep messing that up. Here's what I'm getting at. Sorry, I got to take a drink of water. All right, should have done that while William Elliott Whitmore was singing. But anyway, last week I was down there. Justin, he calls up. Um, it was really going to be a day that kind of took it easy. Well, you guys talked about that part uh, last weekend. No, but it's... Or not last weekend, last episode. Right. I'm I'm talking about what we did there, but I'm I'm making a larger point here. Is... I've never even imagined that I would ever be out there, first of all, when William and I helped Justin along with Michelle, to go ahead and get this sorghum. We got it plucked up out of the field, got it put on the trailer, got it brought back to the house. Okay, that part, cool. I didn't ever, if you told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this, I I didn't even know it was something I needed to know. I didn't even know there was a difference between sorghum syrup and molasses until meeting Justin. Right. I didn't know. And he was talking about the differences and all that. But look, here it is. My friend and neighbor, eight generations of mountain wisdom up here. And they've been doing this stuff forever and a day. If they were going to have anything sweet, it was either going to be honey. There was no sugar. It was either going to be honey or uh, sorghum or tap some maples. And man, that's a lot of work. But I thought sorghum was a lot of work. But here's what I learned. I got down there and I just thought I was helping him out. I didn't realize at the same time I was in something of a quasi apprenticeship. Here I was. Um, and at a certain point, you know, everybody went home and there was no way I was going to leave. I mean, you know, I, I'm here this far and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. It's two in the morning and we're still going at it, but there was no way I was going to stop. My friend's here. He needs some help. But at the same time, I'm a lifelong learner. And I'm realizing, okay, this process, we went and got this stuff out of the field. I have no idea what happens from here. We rig up his tractor and we get this old uh, cane mill going, run that stuff through there. I imagine it's like a lot like the one, if not the same kind of one that Danny has down there, running it through, collects the juice, has this little apparatus he makes up, gets it down into the buckets, get it over there and eventually strain this thing three times before it ever even went to the pan. And each step of the way, it's picking up something else. And then it gets to the pan. Then we light the fire. Now, we got 95 gallons worth of juice up in here, which probably distilled down to probably under 20 gallons when it was all said and done. I I need to ask him exactly. But here's where we get down to brass tacks. And I'm not sure all of this was captured. Of course, Justin will have to come out with a video first, and then we'll follow with ours. And then there's little nuanced things as it's cooking that you're looking for. You're skimming the top of this thing. You're getting all these impurities out of it. And it's a lot of doggone work. And you're working nonstop. You're working over this flame. And it's getting, you know, it's doing its thing. And then it gets to the point where you're looking for a certain thing to happen. Then you test it. 
And then once you hit that mark, there's one more thing that has to happen. And then it finally gets the consistency. You get a spoon out. It is, this is why I said in the very beginning at the tip, ask somebody, even on social media, if they have a valuable skill, they want to pass on. Guess what? I didn't have that skill before then, but I guarantee you, if somebody were to say, okay, I got a whole thing of sorghum or sugar cane out here, I guarantee I know how to process it. Is now. it the same process for sugar cane? Too? I don't know. I don't know that it is. I mean, there might be some derivations here and there, but I at least know how to do it. I spent one day of my life. And if I'm ever confronted with anything like that ever again, or maybe I know somebody, I feel confident that I could get through it. Yeah. I think I can make some sorghum syrup now. I know I can do it, but here it is a one day apprenticeship. And now I got that feather under my hat. Now here coming up before long, we're going to go out there and snatch up that corn out of the field. Oh yeah. So we're going to take that out. That Hickory King. Right. Right. So we're going to take all that stuff out that Hickory King, or I think he might've grown something else too. Um, we're going to take that Hickory King out. We're going to bring it back and we're going to do that process from start to finish. Now, part of that process, you and I already know because we went through it last year. So, we're going to see it instead of seeing it fragmented. We're going to see it this year all the way through. And then how cool is that? We got all the sugar yeah. we need in the form of uh, sorghum made this little foam, the which carbs. Is, oh yeah. Form of corn. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and sorghum. And I'm telling you what that, that corn there, man, you can't buy, you can't buy that kind of stuff in the you store. You don't want to eat cornmeal by itself from the store. You do want to eat this cornmeal by itself. Right. Coming out of the mill. Well, how it's cool. sweet. It's it's sweet right off the bat. And then when you taste some of that other stuff that he had done that he didn't grow, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. I mean, it's better than the store-bought stuff, but it still ain't what he did. I mean, you yeah. almost don't even need to put sugar in that stuff. Yeah. But, son, that's another skill we're going to get from start to finish. It's like there's actual flavor to it. Like if you get cornmeal from the store, it, I mean, you have to add the flavor to it. Where it comes to this, like the the one that he mills, um, you it comes with flavor. It tastes like its own thing. Especially when it's fresh. But on to these other skills that you could be getting right now. Like right now, we just put out a butchering video. And it's not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure, you know, somebody's going to say like they did before, why don't you put it out for free? Yeah, well, why don't you ask that to State, State Street and BlackRock and Vanguard? Why don't you ask them why don't they, they do their stuff for free? Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on you people, but what I'm going to say is that if you can't be there in person, this is the best I can do. We did that one that was on YouTube and it was the best we could do with our skill. And it was done a couple of years ago. We were just kind of getting started on YouTube for the most part. Yeah. And yeah, that wasn't much past our first, uh, our, for our hundredth episode. Right. So when the opportunity popped up to be able to do this with Jason, because honestly, he has a technological prowess that we just simply don't have. We are farmers that have a YouTube channel. Jason is also a farmer, but he is highly skilled in all these other aspects of doing this stuff that we just don't know how to do. And he's meticulous. I think he's probably been doing that aspect longer than he's been farming, hasn't he? Like the computer end? No, I don't think so. I think didn't he come from the IT background? Well, no, no, he was more of a drafter. He was in the drafting and stuff like that. But he well, acquired still right. But he acquired this skill, and his attention to detail is light years better than anybody 
And so the opportunity to be able to educate, because frankly, we don't make that much money on stuff like this. We really don't for what we put into it. YouTube, you basically do for pennies, um, especially if you're a channel like ours where you're being suppressed. So, it's, But we're trying to evangelize this information out there. So if you got to pay for that course, well, we'll leave it down below too. But if you can get your way through it through the, through the video we did before, knock yourself out. Well, also, I want to make sure... We also say that our channel isn't like that. Another reason we're, our channel isn't like that is because we don't make fluff 30-minute videos every single time we put out a video. That's another reason. Right. Well, we. It, it's all about the education. I know exactly. If we were to go out there and pull what some of these other people are pulling, then overnight we would have tons of subscriptions. Look, I said from the very beginning, First of all, YouTube ain't paying enough for me to sell my soul. And even if you were, you still ain't paying enough to sell my you soul. You don't have enough. No, there ain't, you ain't got it. You ain't got it. So also, son, I mean, other skills out there. Here's another one. I was When I was sitting here thinking about some of these things I wanted to point out as far as skills that are uh, usable, we use it every single day, and that's not tying. And yeah. that, that can make your life easier or it can make it a nightmare. Um, and you're thinking, well, what, how big a deal is that? Well, I'm telling you right now, we just, we talked about that pig shelter we hung up there. What yeah. knots did we use on it? Huh? Go Round to turn with two half inches, bowline, square knot. Yeah. Um, right there, else? right there. Three different ones. It. And had I been putting those two different ropes of unequal size, we'd, we'd have used a double sheet bend. We could have also used a prusik to That's tension right. it down. That's right. And we have in the past, but that's another skill. If you know what you're doing with knots, I'm... I, you know, I've really got to spend more time talking about some of this bushcraft knowledge because a lot of this stuff overlays on the farm. And when we're going about doing what we do every day, I just do it. And I don't stop to think, oh my goodness, man, I could have taught somebody this, you know, somebody might've, I'm telling you what, that's just another skill knowing how to do those homestead knots. And we did a video on it way back. And it also makes you not untying a lot easier as well if you know the if you, if you know, know what the, the anatomy is. of the knot right and then you also know that oh i can add a quick or a quick release or oh, i can add two quick releases in this round term with two half inches that's right and I that can makes make, it 10 times easier to get undone whenever i'm done with it especially when that rope is wet yeah. like it's going to rain right now yeah and if you put quick releases in there there's certain knots that if you're going out there doing a certain knot when it's under tension and it gets wet you're going to need a rope wrench to undo it and that's a knife so when you have all these different skills and you're able to put them, you can take the right, I say it all too often, put the right, put the right dog, you know, take the right dog to the hunt. Speaking of rope wrench, I almost forgot about this month's uh, knife giveaway. It is a flipper. It is a Kershaw Emerson combination or a collaboration. Uh, it's also, it's a cool knife because it is faster than a switchblade. It is the fastest deploying pocket folding knife. Um, there's a hook on it that actually catches your pants as you pull it out, which deploys it as you pull it out of your pocket. So it's really cool. Um, are you announcing that today or yeah, you probably so, should have done that in the beginning of the podcast. Well, this is for the dedicated listeners. <laughs> so, uh, this weekend over the weekend until Monday, same, th same deal as last time, leave a review, a five-star review. We will pick the best review. Um, and then Monday we'll announce the winner you can leave that review in the Apple podcast section, the Spotify podcast review section, or the Fountain app. If you're leaving a comment under the Fountain app, that counts as a review. Well, you also want to um, 
So we got to make sure we read those reviews from the from the last giveaway. So there were some we, of those that were honorable mention. I don't know that you ever did. We did went you? off. We went over a couple of them. Um, yeah, we went over a couple of them. There's a ton though. All right. So now back on topic. Um, as far as those skills, you might well, welding. I think would be a good one while electricity is still you know acquirable. Well, that's one. Absolutely. There's a number of other different ways. I'm just giving you a, a short list of something that's just off the top of my head. And I'm going to say something that's maybe a little bit sideways as far as those skills you ought to be learning. How about learning? And this is going to sound pretty unorthodox. You know, every single night before I go to bed, I'm learning. Right now, I'm doing a study of World War One. Okay. And uh, like everything else, I can pretty much, based on my study, this study's actually been going on for months now. Based on my study, everything you think you know about World War I is a lie, okay? But with that backdrop of an understanding, it helps me to see when these lies are recycled. All the things that happened in World War I, whether it was the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, hmm, even, even mainstream history will tell you that that was done in a conspiracy. Well, I can take the script that was used back then and see, oh, gee, when I hear it all of a sudden, because I'm aware of that backdrop of history, I know when it's being replayed because, frankly, that's exactly what they do. Or the same thing that you heard, remember, in the Gulf War, we're fighting them over there so we don't fight them here. I always thought it was absurd, absolutely absurd. But the same thing was said back in World War I and also World War II. So they just recycle this stuff, but because people die out and we don't remember our history, guess what? Here we are. They pull this stuff all over again. That's another skill, looking at occulted history. And when I say occulted, I mean hidden history. And I'm going to tell you what I think is the most important one right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk more and more about it, and I really don't care who it offends. And that's getting myself squared away, getting my, making sure that I find myself in the secret place of the Most High. And I mean studying my Bible more and more. Praying is a skill. There you, you go. Develop. And it's one that I'm, I'm really not, absolutely awesome at. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself saying the same prayer, almost like some rote mechanical memory. Right. And uh, there were some things I got from my pastor, homesteading pastor. Also, that gave me a lot more, a lot more in terms of what I need to be thinking about in terms of all this sort of study. You know, I study a whole lot about permaculture. I study a whole lot about other things, but honestly, it all really comes to really not a hill of beans if your soul isn't prepared. So folks, in light of these times, I really implore all of you ask critical questions about your soul. I mean, if you don't think this is a battle between good and evil, then none of this makes any sense. That's exactly what you see unfolding right now. And I know which side of the equation that I'm going to stand on. And, and you know, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you think you don't have a role in this, maybe you need to pray that God reveals your role to, because if this is a battle between good and evil, I promise you, you have a role in this somehow. We all do. We all do. You need to pray and ask, as God reveals your, your role to you. It may be simply when, you know, it, it always, we often say, well, all I can do is pray. Well, I got news for you. That's the most you can do. That's the most you can do right now. I mean, we ask for your prayers, at least on this end, y'all. We ask for the Lord's blessing. And I pray for y'all, too. I mean, whether you know it, I mean, I don't talk about it enough, and I'm going to start doing it more. I pray for y'all. 
I pray that the information we're putting out is as good as it can be under the circumstances. We don't spend a lot of time in editing or anything like that, but we, we shoot from the hip and we tell you like it is, or at least the way we see it. And I'm praying that it's a blessing to all you folks out there. I really do. And I'm hoping that you're praying for us. I really do. All right, y'all, when we get back, we're going to talk some Q&A. All right, same guy, William Elliot Whitmore. Um, Hell or High Water is the name of that one. I thought you were calling my name for a second. Well, close enough. <laughs> All right, here I got one from, um, well, I'm okay, Randy. He says, uh, I know you said not to. Oh, man. Um, Here's what you guys don't know in the background is that whenever we go to Q&A is that it's a race between me and Dad about who's going to read the first question, whether from the emails or from the fountain app. Well, basically, some of these ones, I mean, they can be lengthy. Some of them not so much. Um, um, This guy, Randy, he's asking, and I thank you for your question, Randy. Uh, So I went and got, he's asking about not using non-iodized salt from Target. Later, I discovered the non-iodized salt has a small amount of yellow prussiate of soda in it. Is it okay to use? I checked the ice cream rock salt, and it said it was not for human consumption. I'll be honest with you, Randy. I've never, I mean, I, I wrote back to him, and I said, look, I've never had that issue before. Honestly, what I use is kosher salt. Like, for example, when I'm doing, um, let's say I'm going to cure out some bacon, all right? And what I do is really a combination. I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to start doing the equilibrium method a little more often. Um, it takes a little more work, but in a way, it's really not more work. If you just want to hurry up and get some bacon going, salt, pepper, I mean, equal amounts of salt. Let me see. What do I put in there? Salt, maple sugar, and uh, or brown sugar. brown sugar and maple syrup, equal amounts. Rub that stuff all the way around. I stick it in a bag and I flip it every other day for nine days on day number 10. Take it out every day. Yeah. Every day for nine days, take it out, rinse it off, cut off a piece, see if I like the salt or not. And then, you know, stick it down in the water, extract it. It's a process that I hope to cover in a more instructional video, but I'll be honest with you. I've never used anything and I don't like to use anything outside of kosher salt. I don't like iodized salt because I don't like to flavor it. it. It just tastes off to me. And I think it messes up the flavor of everything else. And I, I think it's unnecessary. Now, if you feel like, I mean, I, I don't know how to properly advise you on that because I've never actually done it with anything other than kosher salt. So uh, best of luck on that. Maybe try to find some kosher salt, my man. Uh, here's one from the Fountain app. It's not a question. It's a statement. Thanks for being not being lukewarm. Amen, nephew. That's what they <laughs> said. Um, and then user Tim Healer, I think. PRP, uh, tip a pimp, hashtag Uncle Billy. This is for the pasture raised pimp. Do you have any videos on YouTube of making new handles for knives, or is that something you can do? If not, thanks. Um, we don't have any videos on rehandling any knives, uh, but that would be a good video to do. I think that I actually have a Gerber knife that has the like the crappy plastic handle on it that I'd like to rehandle into a a wooden handle. So maybe I'll try to do that in the future. Man, I don't like any knife Gerber makes. 
definitely don't like their uh, uh, multi tool. They have a their multi tool sucks, um, but they do have a couple knives that aren't as crappy. The couple of them are made out of D two. It's, it's not bad. Hmm. Well, I have to give it a shot. I never. I remember Gerber came out when I was in the army. Man, I didn't like them then. I was like, man, this yeah, thing. You pinch- carry a Gerber. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yeah. I guarantee that thing is a leather. I promise you, you carry a Gerber. Okay. It, no, it's not a multi-tool. It's the, your razor blade. What? That's a Gerber. I'm going to check it out right now. Yep. Oh, no, yours isn't. Now, what did the I tell you? The one Justin gave you is a Gerber. Yeah, you see it sitting the on that counter, too. one you're supposed to be carrying is a, is a Gerber. Yeah, you see it sitting in that <laughs> counter, too. The, <laughs> no, I thank you, Justin. He got it for my birthday. Yeah. Um, that's my backup, but the one I got it. Yeah. I'm not, I just haven't had too many Gerber products. I've been a big fan. of. They have a couple of good knives. This one here comes from Kimberly. It's more of a statement and it's kind of cool. She sent me a picture. She says, just put 21 fruit trees in on our new project and painted them with your bone sauce. We received in the mail and she sent this picture and it's pretty cool, man. I, every time here, suddenly, well, it's not really doing it's yeah. kind of inside baseball That's when you cool. don't. It's kind of inside baseball when I'm not letting the audience know about it. So sorry about that. But honestly, what I'm getting at is this is exactly what I was talking about in that it gives me the greatest amount of joy to see that you are doing. Forget YouTube. Forget what I'm doing on there. I want to know what y'all are doing. I mean, it gives me joy knowing like I often told you that one saying uh, from one of my favorite books, uh, it's books are le- books and information are less important for what they say than for what they make you do. And when your folks are doing all the wonderful things you're doing, it gives me all kinds of joy. I mean that. You know, one thing I always thought would be cool is if we got like a compilation of everybody doing the chicken tractor on steroids and just did like a compilation video of everybody's variations and versions of the chicken tractor on steroids. Well, we'd have to throw in that from Kentucky Sustainable. We'd have to throw that chicken tractor on chicken mer- tra- meth. Yeah, he counts the chicken tractor on meth. Yeah, I guess he, he would have to we'd have to include yeah. him in there. Yeah. Um, Jesse Workshop. She says, How can you catch Jack while doing a pimp walk? Start running. Oh, is that right? Yep. That's how we catch Jack. All right, we got one over here from, uh, let's see, Daniel. Uh, when do you guys buy your bare root trees, and what are some of your f- favorite places to purchase from? I, he says, I like Nick Ferguson stuff, but he's sold out. Looking to jump to start some nitrogen-fixing plants and later a food forest. Looking to purchase about 10, 10 black locusts, maybe 10 to 20 fruit trees. I already bought a pack of 20 of comfrey from me. I live in uh, Zone 7, Middle Tennessee. All right, I already asked him, but I told him basically the trees that your mom. What was was his first part of the question? The very when he he said when, or I wonder if he meant where. Well, he says when and where. Um, Well, you want to try to order your bare root trees back in summer, and hopefully they get there by the fall. That, in my opinion, is the best time to do it. You could still probably order some trees though. You You just won't have the same um, selection. I don't know. This day and age, man, it might be hard to come by. Well, that's what I'm saying. You might have the, you might not have the same selection, but I think you can still order bare root trees. Well, like uh, Etsy would be, that wouldn't be a bad place. They to still go. have stuff. You can buy stuff out of season there, but um, I would check if you're in Middle Tennessee. If you're in Middle Tennessee, all the nurseries are around you, right there in Centerville. It is like the highest nursery population in the world. In Centerville, yeah, I, I think it's in center. It's like right in Middle Tennessee near Sparta. Oh, he said he's in Middle Tennessee, yeah. so uh, yeah, you might have some luck over there. But as Let's far go as dig some up, as far as when, 
um, we, fall is the best time to do it. And where we get them, um, I told him from Tide Tide Nursery is where we've gotten them before. But we hit a lot of different places. And as far as purchasing bare roots of black locust, no luck on that, nephew. Um, we usually do that from seed. And actually, that's really not that hard to find. You can probably find a lot of saplings out there. I don't know of any. I would check Etsy for that one, too. You can find the stuff that you can't find at nurseries on Etsy as far as your plants go. You can find some pretty obscure things on Etsy. Huh. You got um, any more on your end? Yeah, I got a couple awesome comments from Eric Sider. You guys should definitely check him out on uh, the Fountain app, his comments there. But his first one was uh, just quoting Bill Mollison. Money is an exchange, just an exchange of energy. Like Bill said, there's no free lunch in nature or the user must pay. Putting out videos or a course takes a tremendous amount of energy that must be returned in some form. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. Well, plus, I know what the going rate for a course is. I know what they teach in that course. And we are less, we are more than half that going rate. So I'm not going to apologize to anybody for putting that out. And the ones that do complain, first of all, thanks, Eric. Thanks for having a brother's back. Yeah. Having a pimp's back. He said it's not sustainable if we don't charge. Well, no, it's, and it's, it's a good point. And the truth is, how many times in the past when I've done them for free, you can't get nobody in the door? You have to have an exchange of energy, though. There you go. The payment doesn't have to be cash. I no. mean, it's an exchange of energy. There's times in the past we bartered or if somebody says, hey, man, I ain't got the money. Man, the fact that you came to the festival to talk to us. Right. I don't care. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, if you probably have a skill or gave me, I can't even tell you how many people at these festivals that have come up and just in casual conversation, I learned some some pretty earth-shaking stuff that could change. Yeah. Like one cool dude, I wish I could remember his name right now, in that last festival we went to in South Carolina, the Farm Where You Live Festival, uh, came up to me and, you know, he was telling me about how we ought to be putting a, a, a UPC, folks, I'm the least technical, capable person in the world, but told us how you could have a reorder thing on the back of a jar of, let's say, comfrey salve or even bone sauce. So if they wanted to reorder, they could oh, use a QR that. code. Yeah, one of them things. Dead. Yeah, ain't that what you call it? <laughs> this is okay. So you guys just got a little insight on the tech conversations in this household. It's Dad explaining what he's talking about, and then one of us finally realizing what he's actually talking Man, about. Man, I have no idea. But the point being, <laughs> exactly. Point being, I don't even care about that stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> Neither is, do we. No, I, 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 I honestly have this love. I can barely operate this phone. Um, well, you got something yeah, over there? Yeah, I got more. Uh, this is from Need More Acres. Can we get a breakfast sausage recipe with proportions in the online hog butchery workshop? That would seal the deal for me. I've tried several recipes, just can't get the combo right. I'll, say, I'll get with Jason and see if we can't add that addendum in there. I was going to wait. Um, truth is I didn't put that recipe in there because I was going to wait for when we do the next iteration of it where, okay, so this is step one and to do a proper pig butchery. And this is something, this is why we've got to find a facility, not fine, but build one probably here on the property or, or maybe someplace near to it. Here's why a pig is a pig is different in so many different ways in terms of all the different value adding you can do to it more put it this way nobody's going to pay you more for ground chicken but they will for ground pork they will you know you can get that you can add value in with a pig easier than any other animal and it really needs to be a three-day class 
to really give you the comprehensive look because I don't want to just put out somebody that just walks away from this course. No, I want to have a, I want to have you walk out of there and be very conversational where you could walk away, get a pig, follow my steps and get through it one by one. So we've broken this thing down into parts. This first part is just getting through homestead butchery. And because of the times I insisted on skinning this pig instead of scalding it, because that applies no matter the animal. So, with that said, the next part of this is going to be, because it is a three-day course, typically is doing your charcuterie. Um, that's a fancy way, a fancy French way of saying charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie is just cured meat. Yeah. So before we cover all that stuff, you, you got to learn how to dribble before you can slam a basketball. So I was going to basically save that, that part of the recipe, yeah. because I do have recipes. I do, and we use them. I was going to save that for that that next part because that's when I was actually going to cover it and give you several sausage recipes, how to do it, how to put it together, how to keep from blowing out your casings. That Verde one is off the hook. Yeah. I like that one. I made that one up. Yeah. I'm saying it's off the hook. Bam. Yeah. That's right. I made that sausage recipe up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll see. Dad can cook. I'll take the, I'll take the recipe. I'll see if I can talk to Jason and see if I can't get that added in there. Um, I got I, I mean, that's one of those things I've been kind of guarding a little bit. Um, go ahead, son. Hey, I got another comment from the Fountain app from Evan Young. And this one was a comment um, on episode 39, Racists and Satanists, that episode, the last episode. He said, hi, guys. Australia had almost total compliance with the jab. I live in a town of 700 people and maybe 18 in total did not comply. Everyone who took the jab was deteriorated, has deteriorated to some degree. They all have less mental acuity and memory. Many have the shakes and semi-paralysis. Cancer was already high, but it is increasing, and there have been many deaths. Unfortunately, there will be many more deaths. No one wants to acknowledge what is happening, but to those of us who didn't comply, it is obvious. Good night, man. That's that's why when Stu Peters' um, documentary, Died Suddenly, comes out on the 21st, man, we're going to be shouting that one from the rooftops. And the problem... I thank you so much, by the way. And that was from Australia, huh? That's from Australia in a town of 700 people. And just about all compliance. And these other folks were looking like, you know, the scar, like they had the scarlet letter on them. That's sad. I mean, it really is. And what's burning me up is there are people I love and care about that, that felt compelled and were lied into taking this thing. And then here they are. I mean, like I said, the other day had two people. Good night, man. I mean, how much more evidence do you need? But I will say that it does seem, I heard this the other day, there's this product called Cardio Miracle. I take it every day. In fact, I forgot to take it. I forgot to take it this afternoon. Apparently that has been providing a lot of relief for the people that have, you might look into that, the people that have taken that jab and have been feeling, I'm I'm sure there are some placebos out there. Other um, intrepid doctors say that there weren't. But it seems like this cardio miracle has been helping a lot of people yeah. out there. There was also, you want to get into that other theory? Which one? <laughs> the one of fixing your DNA. Uh, the urea therapy. Okay, maybe we'll let you know. No, no, no. Let's save that one. Start with cardio miracle. Well, y'all. actually, <laughs> okay, yeah, man, that's something that's going to require. We're coming to the end of this, son. Hey. But we probably ought to remember that because, honestly, urotherapy some yeah. people are swearing that it works. I mean, I ain't gonna. I need more evidence. But hey, Bedrock Ridge, here's a comment you might like, and this is actually gonna spawn a question for me. 
Shout out from IBEW586, Ottawa, Ontario. Oh yeah. Love that you folks are love what you folks are doing. A frequent listener of TSP fired me up when started collabing. Ottawa what like Canada has yeah. IBEW as well? Yeah, Canada's got IBEW too. So I guess it really is like an international brotherhood. Yeah, it so actually it could is. apply to any like country. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's the cool thing. Well, I mean, here's the deal. I tried to work back when I was still on my tools, man. I tried to get up there and work in Canada back when they had the oil sands going in Alberta. And it was, I've worked with a lot of Canadians down here, man, really awesome, skilled craftsmen and women. And they were fantastic. Always. I've never met a. There's only one Canadian I ever met. His name was Al. He was a jerk. He was my foreman. That was the only jerk of a Canadian I ever met. I'd never met a Canadian. I didn't like, and they must've kicked him out. Cause he was here. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> here he was. Yeah. He became too Americanized, but, um, no, hey, what's up, brother? I love I love Canada. I can't wait to get back up there. I want to see Stefan Subkoviak one of these days. Hopefully I can get across the border, hopefully one of these days, because he's one of my he's one of my idols. I can't wait to actually go up there and meet him and actually having him respond on some of our orchard videos. Yeah, as soon as Castro Jr. chills out, we can go on up there. Yeah. Go visit him. Yeah, but it's awesome, man. Hey, thank you, brother. Um, do appreciate it. This one's a little more disjointed. Uh his name is Kevin. He says he's in North Carolina. He has a couple of uh, pot belly pity, uh, pot belly pig, pot belly pigs, and miniature goats. Yeah, we call them politicians. Actually, sorry, I need to apologize to the to both those animals. Uh, the pigs are doing exactly what they say they should do. They root and till, getting ready to start my garden this spring. I'm using a lot of pig manure. Is that okay? Yes, it is. Absolutely. You want to let that stuff cool off a little bit. It is a little bit. Yeah, hot. you want to combine it with some carbon as well. Yeah. Because that's um, anytime you get into like omnivore manure, like with chickens and pigs, yeah, you definitely want to combine some carbon. That's going to help lock up any toxins, any potential toxins. You can put it on the surface though, and it'll work itself out. Right. Just don't, yeah, just don't get it down in there. You ought to be all right. Uh, we figured out how to integrate. He says I have not quite figured out how to in- how to integrate the goat manure, except for when they poop on objects. Lol. He said it a little bit differently, but you get the point. Uh, we're also using leaves and organic scraps. Anything else I should do? You sound like you're doing great. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be getting chicken soon. Should I wait till spring with the way things are going? Uh, he's got a lot of questions in here, so I'll answer them as we go. Um, Ed, that's going to be up to you. Honestly, I ain't waiting on anything because everything is just going to get more and more expensive. As far as collecting your goat manure, if you could get them to bed down somewhere, um, like if you have them out in the pasture and let's say you just give like shade to one area, like you just hang a tarp to give shade to an area, put down some straw there and try to collect their manure that way. If you wanted to, that might be a possibility. Well, I know one thing when it comes to these chickens and or anything you want, I'm not waiting. I mean, now I, I got to be cautious when I say that because you won't, you don't want to be out there killing animals because you just got it. And then you it's like ready, fire, aim. You got to know what you're doing. I mean, don't go out there and get some of that training, but chickens, there's a really low barrier to understanding and getting in on that. Right. So, uh, he also says, anyway, uh, need to get my homestead fully functioning. I'm with you there. Kevin he says, I'll be buying that pig butcher course ASAP. Well, thank you very much for that as well. But honestly, I'm hoping I know that we pack more value in that course. I know that we pack more value than what anybody else is charging out there. Okay, we got a couple more here. I've watched all four parts of your three-part series on the chicken tractor on steroids. Just a couple of quick questions. Number one, you mentioned fermenting rice, and I believe organic chicken feed. Can you explain this process and how I may follow up? Okay, we don't ferment the rice. We just, 
um, when you're using in that chicken tractor on steroid system, the number one, well, there's really two good reasons. Number one, the chickens are going to eat 10% less if you can ferment it. And that's basically just sticking the stuff in the bucket, let it sit overnight, go give it. It's not really 100% fermented. Now, you can do a legit ferment and actually increase the protein because the the microbes in it as well. So you can do a legitimate ferment, which there's YouTube videos on how to do that. Right. Or so- this is more like soaking. Right. I'm soaking this stuff overnight because if you don't, it's just, especially when they're little and you're using that crumble, it's just going to fall right down through there. It's like a quick ferment almost. It, it is fermenting, just not to the extent that you would for fermented feed. Right. And then number two, is it okay to use hay with goat and or chicken manure in your compost pile? Uh, not sure if hay is okay with the weeds or potential respiratory issues it, it may cause in chickens. I'm not sure I understand that part. Um, yeah, you can use, uh, hay with, yeah, I don't see any reason for that. Yeah. There, there it's better are if you have claims. Some- I mean, as long as they have access to like a ventilated area where there isn't hay, then they're fine. As far as the respiratory issues, the respiratory issues come whenever you have them locked up in a coop with hay and there's no ventilation and there's no way for them to get in and out. That's where you start having issues. Yeah, when, I mean, like you know, petri dish settings settings is when you start having issues. Yeah, you when they have an environment to interact with, they seem to do just fine. Definitely don't want that one. All right, so but yeah, um, if you can find a look, there's a lot of leaves on the ground right now. You might look at that as a carbon source. Um, they're they're all around you. Wood chips. You might even go there. Really not that hard to find. They got that wood chip or wooddrop.com, something like that. Chip drop. Chip drop. Okay, retired veteran. Um, his name is Richard. And he's a retired aircraft or Navy aircraft mechanic, spent most of his career stationed in Florida. Man, how cool was that? Hey, sorry for you folks down in Florida right now. As we are broadcasting this or as we're recording it, and it'll come out the same day, of course. It usually comes right out there after. Here in a few Looks minutes. Looks like Florida's getting beat up, but uh, none of the mainstream prostitutes seem to want to talk about it right now. And they just got blasted not long ago. So if you're down there, well, I'm sorry for all you folks that are down there. Um, he says at the end of 2020, I was looking for a change and I grew tired of the extreme humidity and increased frequency of the weather events in Florida. Okay. I understand that my wife and I are empty nesters. So we packed and moved to Washington state. My first duty station was at Whitley. Okay. Let me get down to brass tacks because we're kind of long in the tooth in this podcast. Basically, um, in a nutshell, he's wondering, sounds like in a nutshell, he's basically wondering, um, areas to go. Uh, you might want to check out the book Strategic Relocation by Joel Skousen. That is a pretty good barometer. They give you some really good ideas in there. I would, Before you make any kind of decisions, I would recommend anybody get that book. It's timeless, and probably it's been updated. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Joel Skousen has updated that book. Strategic Relocation gives you all the pros and cons of anywhere you want to go. And... Um, you know, there's pros and cons to just about everywhere you go. Some places are better than others. Although I, I, I don't know about um, if you're if you're adverse to certain kind of weather, that's something you're going to want to consider as well. So uh, yeah, that I would start with that one as far as finding a new place to live. Um, and then last one really comes from Alberto, and he's on Patreon. This is what's been aggravating the uh, aggravating me to no end. It's like they're playing games with us, folks, behind the scenes. They've played games with us on YouTube. They've played games on Patreon. They're playing games on this podcast. 
for some reason they don't want us to be seen or they're wanting to make it so uncomfortable for the people that are there that they go jump and ship. And I don't know if it's working or not, but check it out. My heart, my heart ain't pumping no Kool-Aid. So we're going to keep driving on despite what they try to pull in there with their algorithms or whatever the case may be. They're even played games with our banking for crying out loud, emails, all that stuff. Stuff we don't really talk about, but they're playing games all the way around. Minor stuff too. Like Kevin, Kevin, he's been trying to text me. He sent a message through Patreon. I just so happened to look at my phone whenever we got a message from Patreon. And he said, he's been trying to message me. I message him back through Patreon. Say, hey, I'm going to send you a text, a test text message. Sent him a test text text message. Would not go through. I sent him another message on Patreon saying, my message is not going through. Then it immediately starts going through, and then he can start texting me back. Yeah, they're playing games, y'all. I mean, with this election and everything else, I mean, look, I'm not even going to kid you. Coming full circle with this whole thing, y'all, we 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 live in a dystopia. And I'm not – I. I always try to look at the positive and tell you about the the best thing you can do. Learn how to wild forage. Learn how to farm. Learn how to skin a buck. And basically live out a Hank Williams Jr. song. That's what we all are going to have to do because many of us have been targeted and they're playing games. I don't even talk about it, but a lot of this stuff is going on behind the scenes. Like I said, every aspect of your life they've been playing games with. Um you know, phone calls. I was talking to Aaron T. Scott every single time I'm on her with a phone with her. I don't care if it's at the yeah. house or out and about. We will get disconnected 10 to 15 times for crying out loud. So they're playing games. And look, like I said, this is why your soul's got to be prepared because you never know what these lunatics are going to pull. And um, you got to be you got to be looking for an alternate source in so many different ways. All right, so Alberto, in a nutshell, was basically saying, um, he sent me, he's just not sure if this is an issue with my device, but over a week, your Patreon has not been showing that you have any videos posted, any new videos posted. I went ahead and canceled my membership and rechecked your page, and to my surprise, I can now see all the videos on as a non-patron. Unbelievable. Hold on, what? You're not even supposed to be able to see our videos as a non-patron. That's what I'm saying. They're playing games with us. For a while there on Patreon, I couldn't even respond to folks. They'd be on the videos. I put out these videos on Patreon. They're mostly shorts, and I can't even respond to them. Then all of a sudden, you complain enough, and then finally I can get back to them. I know what they're trying to do. They're playing games. For the background, so you guys know what's happening on this end, every video that I upload to uh, Patreon has the option. Can I, like, who can see it? Everybody, patrons only, or, like, just us basically um you have to click that option every time you upload a video by default it's patrons only by default so like and we have zero videos other than one video that's open to the public so the fact that he could see our newest videos that i'm i'm thinking this is odd for different reasons well there's a whole gang of things that are going on and then when you add in also, I mean, every single folks, we're, we're being attacked one side and down the other. We don't even talk about it on YouTube. I mean, what good would it do? It's just what it is. I mean, I don't know what it is about us. I got my suspicions, and I'll probably talk about that in the future as, as to more of what's going on. But I'm not going to belabor you. I'm not going to waste your time talking about any of all that stuff. I mean, the biggest thing is, y'all, 
is go out there, learn new skills, make new friends, make a new life if you have to, but get yourself out of this matrix. Until next time, stay alert. Stay alive.